Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist, and now a health coach in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, I'm talking to Rachel McLeod, a therapist who specializes in helping you overcome anxiety and depression. She said in a few weeks, not a few months. She's all about EFT, that's Emotional Freedom Technique Tapping. I loved this interview. You'll get to meet Rachel right after this. Hey friends, you know if you've heard my podcast at all, I talk a lot about health because I'm a certified integrative nutrition health coach and health means a lot to me and I want your health to mean a lot to you. You know who I use to help me with these things? Because you know it takes a village. I've got my girls over at Cornerstone Pharmacy and Compounding. Yes, a compounding pharmacy that can help you with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. They've been in the hormone replacement business more than 20 years. Brittany's there. You'll meet with Allison. What you can do is just go to the website. This is the simplest thing to do. And when you go to the website, guess what? You get a 20% discount when you type in Lisa isn't that cute? Uh, on the code, you know, you get the little coupon code there, you'll see, and you'll go to compounding at cornerstone.com. Now the link is in the show notes. So if you're driving, you can't get to it. I got you on this. And what you'll do is order, I think, of course, my attorney wanted me to remind you, this is not medical advice, but I think you should get either the Dutch test. It's a dried urine test or the saliva test. And then when you get your results back, you'll meet with Allison. Brittany Marsh is the owner, but you'll meet with Allison and then they can help you. If you have a provider, great. If you don't, they can, especially in Arkansas, help you with a provider. But anyone listening across the great United States of America, they can help you. Find out more by going to their website, save that 20%, start feeling better today. Thanks to our friends in West Little Rock at compounding at cornerstone.com. Lisa Fisher here with really big news for our friends at AcolsCarpetOne.com. You've heard me talk about them many, many times. And this is for October 2022. I tell you that because sometimes people will hear this in a year or two. But right now, this month, folks need to know the new store is open. That's right. They completely redid the store in North Little Rock. That is technically North Little Rock. You and I call it Maumelle because it's Maumelle Boulevard. But it is where Richard Akel and his team went in, redid all the areas. You want flooring? They have it. You want cabinets? Got that too. Do you want anything carpet? They have that too. That's the thing about Akel's Carpet One. Richard Akel has a buying power that's better than your friend's store's buying power. That's how he beats the big box store prices. And you'll go in and you'll probably see an Akel when you're there. Check out the new store or the new and improved store in North Little Rock, two other locations, Little Rock and Sherwood, but definitely go to their website and start saving money today. AcolsCarpetOne.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. 
Okay, we're here with Rachel McLeod. This is going to be good because I like everything about your social media and especially like everything about your hair. For those of you that aren't watching, you need to go to YouTube and see how beautiful she is. But no, seriously, we're going to talk about topics that affect all of us. And one thing is this perpetual anxiety that hangs over everybody right now. I don't know if it's because we're so politically divided, spiritually divided, you know, state by state divided but there's something about this anxiety that feels like it's going to get us i want you to help us get over anxiety like your website promises and we can do that probably in the next 30 minutes but i think that's an exaggeration (laughs) so tell me what is it how what how can you help us you know, a 30 minutes is a long time to really, um, brain work wise, a lot can happen in 30 minutes really? in, in real talk huh. because this anxiety is the body's, the body is trying to heal itself. Mm-hmm. Our mind and body are trying to heal itself. It's trying to communicate about what's going on in the world. But what happens is, is that the process for resolving symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress really is works so quickly and well, but it has to be able to complete. And so because there's a different part of our brain that its job is to keep us away from pain, it really can block that healing process. And so then we don't get those symptoms resolved. They keep cycling around in our body and our mind and they just repeat and then they grow. And pretty soon there's an explosion of some sort where we're irritable or we fall asleep or we're fighting or we're fleeing. And, and that's really a sign that this process isn't completing. So if we really understand that all we got to do is help this process complete, we can, we can really think about this anxiety in a different way. It is our system trying to heal trying to grow, trying to understand, trying to help us to be accurate and awesome and help our dreams come true. And so um, one of the things that is really, I work with people differently is that I'm not trying to do traditional talk therapy, which focuses on the prefrontal cortex, the thinking center, the rational mind, the understanding. Um, I'm really, that part of the brain really does fabulously um, when it gets, when this process is moving well. And so I really come down into the survival system, which really is what starts blocking all the information coming from all of our senses, uh, really blocking that from making it to the part of the brain that the front of the brain that can really make that understanding, make that clarity of thought, make the, the problem solving. And so I really focus right there and that the native language of that part of the brain is not words, logic, reason. It's not, you can't out logic it. It doesn't care. Right. It's really listening to our body and trying to figure out, are we going to live? Or are we going to die? Are we safe or is, are we in danger? Cause if it's, we're in danger, we're locking this thing down. We're not letting anything through. We're going to survive. We will not, we don't need to grow. We don't need to, we need to survive. And so um, if we can use the body, we can really influence that part of the brain to open up this process and let the process complete. And it's really that simple. And so when we can, we can use interventions that last like 30 seconds, two minutes, and we can use the body to send information to that part of the brain and Oh, all of a sudden, everything's working really, really well. And we can really resolve symptoms in 30 seconds, in two minutes, in, you know, it, it max it, 10, 40 minutes, right? So um, we can really create a lot of deep shifting very, very quickly when we work with the brain instead of running from it, suppressing it, those sorts of things. So is there some device you have that measures if you're, you're going down the wrong path and you, you it's like, you know, the, the dog collar, the shot collar, you go, huh, nope, 
don't go there, go here. I mean, how do you how do you retrain the brain? Oh, gosh, there's there is um, devices on that. I don't use them. I think that would be really fun and nerdy. And I'd love to get a hold of that. Um, but really, we can we really want to listen to our survival system. Are we feeling anxiety? Are we feeling um, a, a increase of frustration? Are we feeling emotional? That's really this stuff moving through. And that stuff has a hard time getting through because it so registers in the brain as pain. Then are we sometimes thwarting it and putting a roadblock up? Yeah. If you if you think about the survival system's job is to get you away from this pain. Yeah. Um, it like hijacks all of us to do that as well. And we'll do this to to each other. Just get over it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, don't think about it. Uh, all this. It's like we're we're trying to get away from our own processing system. We're trying to get away from our pain as well. And it's really like, no, don't stop it. Help it complete. Help it finish help it do what it's what it needs to do it doesn't take a long time we think it's going to take forever because it is very difficult for our brains to process fear now jealousy rage anger don't people say that generalized anxiety could just be they wake up and they are anxious so is that anxiety targeted toward getting your kids off to school maybe seeing, you know, an ex-boyfriend you don't want to see driving yes. a congested highway or is it just that some people are wired that way, Rachel? You know, it's really fear moving through the system. Yeah. And 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 some of us are get a lot of practice moving fear mm-hmm. through successfully. Some of our, and when we have successful opportunities to move our brain completely through this process of processing fear, the it, the brain gets better and better and better at processing fear. But if we don't get that, our brain sees fear as a threat to us. And then all of a sudden we're in, we're anxious right when we wake up. And, and so, and, and so if you think about all these situations that come up, it's just really emotional distress, fear, and that fear needs to complete. It needs to do what fear does. And actually the brain turns fear into hope and courage. And so if I see somebody that's really with these, these real big anxiety disorders or just anxiety in general, their, their body is trying to process this energy, this information and make courage, make hope, because we do need hope and courage living life. And we need to be brave. Things are scary, yeah. but when we're not using fear appropriately, it really can cause problems and disorders. Okay. Give me an example then. Give me something that's very common with a woman, let's say 35, 54. And she comes to you and sits down and says, oh my gosh, I'm having the hard time, hardest time because there are some hormonal issues that happen to a woman during that time that does amplify even the smallest thing I would know, personally speaking, because <laughs> I've walked through that. And that yeah. Perimenopause yeah. and menopause are tough on your emotions. So what are some things you can do that are concrete that could help someone listening right now? Yeah, I really would recommend people to grab a grab an intervention like emotional freedom techniques. It's it's easy to learn. It's quick. It's simple. You're using the mind body connection. You're tapping on meridian points. It's like emotional acupressure um, or acupuncture, but without needles. And so you can do it to yourself and you can really send those messages to your brain. Hey, we're safe and open this whole process up and get healing happening. And so I would have them focus on whatever is causing fear and use this intervention. Shall we try some? Yes. Shall we try around? Yes. My tummy's okay. getting tight. Okay, go. <laughs> okay. I want to walk you through this experientially. And so uh, I want to invite you and the listeners here to 
think about something that makes you feel a little anxious. Let's not go maximum anxiety, but okay. something that's some anxiety right now. Okay. Okay. And, and then I want you to answer the question. Just let, your, let it come up in your mind. What's so anxiety provoking about this? Okay. Okay. When you have that answer, I want you to ask, and what's so bad about that? I'm just going to go a little bit deeper into this. And when you've got that in your mind, I want you to hold that there. And I want you to take a look in your body and just notice what's going on. How is your body expressing this anxiety as well? Where do you feel the anxiety the most in your body? Yep. And just while you're tuning into that, I'm going to have you invite you to tap on the side of your hand at like that karate chop point. Okay. And you can tap here. You can tap on all these points. I'm going to guide you to tap on for like three to 10 taps. Doesn't matter. You can even tap for longer if you'd like to. Okay. And just feel that sensation in your body. See what's so bad about this anxiety thing. And then I'm going to have you tap on the beginning of your eyebrows close to your nose, but on the hair. And you're just going to, yep, tap a little there and then come to the outsides of your eyes. And you're going to tap there. And under your eyes. And just notice what's so bad about this. We don't need to help with the positive side of these things. Those that energy just zips through the brain's healing process. But it's this anxious stuff. What's so bad about this? And under your nose. Good, under your lip, and feel that sensation in your body. Pay attention to it, acknowledge it, collarbone. This, um, yep, this one is, if you feel the little round bones there, mm -hmm. you come about an inch under and an mm -hmm. inch out, you're not gonna get it wrong. Just tap around there somewhere. There's a lot of wisdom in the body. It knows what we're doing here. And then under your arms and it, it just the side there, if you have a bra on or if you would have a bra on, in the middle of that bra underneath your armpits, about four inches. And then I'm going to have you come to the front of your ribs, like under your on your ribs, under where your nipples may be <laughs> at this point. Um, and. And then if you imagine yourself shaking someone's hand, you're going to see your thumbnail close to you and tap on the side of that too. And the, for your first finger, your middle finger, and your pinky finger. Side of your hand, and back of your hand. You don't have to keep a particular order. This back of your hand is between the ring knuckle ring finger and the pinky finger there's a little divot between those bones on the back of the hand and then the top of your head okay and then take a deep breath and tune back into what's so bad about that anxiety thing and that sensation in your chest and just notice did that make the intensity increase does it stay the same does it get a little less intense does it just shift is it not there anymore but it's somewhere else in your body what are you noticing I noticed that Xanax sales in Little Rock just dropped and medical marijuana. People, you don't have to use your card anymore. Not that I've used it. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but my point right. is my heart rate has come down. So yes. when I got into that cycle of that thought and then the next thing that triggered it, my heart rate was going up as we were talking about, it. even though I know I'm here and there's that's right. That 
phantom thing won't even happen today or whatever it is, right? But then when we went through all that, if you could feel it, my heart right now is totally normal. Yeah, that's right. And our body doesn't do time. It doesn't know that the past is the past and the future is the future. If you're thinking about it or you're, you're, it's experiencing it now. And so, and so then it's going to send all this information up about it that it's like, I need to tell you something, the problem mm -hmm. solver in your brain. And so it's sending all that stuff up and then your survival system's registering this pain is, or this threat is moving through your system. So it's clamping the information down. And so your body's trying to send this information up and your thinking center is trying to grab the information. And when it can't grab it, we'll just notice it's circling and circling and circling. It's trying to do its healing function. It can't get the information. And so these interventions just really help. I used to think the intervention was so powerful. It's not, it's the brain function. But these interventions go in and help the brain right where it's struggling. And so all of a sudden, the communication loop in your body and mind is happening nicely. It's happening quickly. It's happening as it should be happening. And people ask me, is this magic? No, this is healthy brain function. Brains resolve anxiety. Brains were wired to resolve yes. our own anxiety is what you're saying. That's right. What got you interested in this path? Because this is unique to therapy. Yeah, I became a therapist and I practiced talk therapy and I just sucked at it. <laughs> I did. I was not good. Um, I was not getting good results. I did not. I did not feel like I was helping anyone and I didn't feel like I was equipped to help anybody. And I was really angry. I was like, we're going to sit and talk about these problems they have over and over and over again for years. And mm -hmm. like, they need help now. Mm -hmm. And um, I just felt very powerless. And so when I was laid off, I just quit the whole field, the whole, <laughs> our department closed. And it just, I, I just quit. But I had my own mental health crisis about three years later. I had had several throughout my life, but I was so high performing that I escaped the radar of having a mental illness. But I did. I did have a mental illness. And um, I hear I had three children under three. I'm already a therapist and my brain is no longer working. I can't solve my own problems. My I have brain fog and fatigue and I'm confused. I'm like, I'm, I'm my, I just, I'm storing jars like i'm doing some survivalist thing mm -hmm. i don't even know but my husband was like something's off mm -hmm. why don't you go get an evaluation mm -hmm. and i went and here i was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder mm -hmm. which was just the tip of my the iceberg for me i really had complex childhood trauma coming from a place of generational trauma and so but with that one little diagnosis i just was started to like look back at my life and i'm like oh my gosh this has been here the whole time and so then I ended up right at the same time I met this alternative healer and she was, she helped my son overcome something in three days. She, it took her three days to resolve this and the doctors hadn't been able to resolve it for years. And I went back to her and I was like, uh, I have this problem. Can you help me too? Cause she was doing some electromagnetic thing. I don't even know some resonance. My mind was blown. So I don't even, I didn't even store the information properly, but she was the one who handed me this training DVD set for emotional freedom techniques. And she said, try this. It will change your life. And by that time, I would have stood on my head if she had told me to. Right. And um, and I went home. I watched the training DVD set. It was not talk therapy. So now I'm all ears. Talk to mm -hmm. me. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a little weird, and I like that. It's a little cutting edge. So I'm kind of hoping it works, but not really. And that night, I laid in bed with racing thoughts and insomnia, and I need to get to bed. Somebody's going to wake up. And mm-hmm. it was just ramping mm-hmm. up, and I just something said, try that intervention. And so I got the thing out and started tapping on all the points, trying to find them, and I yawned in one round. And so uh, it just tried again and kept tapping again. And by the time I was finished with my second round, I had fallen asleep. I woke up the next morning and I was like, hold that. I slept. I didn't even decide to sleep. And I was like, what else can I try this on? And I just went off. I tried it. I, any symptom of obsessive compulsive disorder, I'd used it on and then I would be free from it. And then it was like, I threw all my jars away. (laughs) There were so many things I had been doing that were just a little bit off that I just started thinking more clearly. I started solving problems. I started healing. It was just phenomenal. It was just this one. And I thought it was the intervention. But then later getting trained in the other interventions, they did the same thing a little differently, a little different route, but still the same end result. And I thought, if I ever go back, this is what I'm going to do. And so this is really, really what I've done. And in the beginning, it was just helping people feel better, but then they'd still have a disorder. And so then I'm like, well, what's up with this? You know, we need to resolve this whole thing. Can we? And so my clients and I, we would experiment and then I'd started seeing patterns and they were healing. And then I was like, can we do this faster? Because who wants to drag this stuff around? Right. And that's really when I really developed my curriculum and my process for resolving disorders in two to six months instead of two to six years. And so so, have you reversed your OCD diagnosis? I don't struggle with obsessive compulsive disorder. (laughs) So how old are your kids, Rachel? Oh, gosh, I had a newborn. Well, they were three under three. So what are they now? Yeah, Yeah. uh, they uh, right now Uh they are 15. No, 16. 14, 13, 10, and four. I have five now. Good, great. So this is what the 16-year-old says. Mommy's in there patting her clavicle. Things aren't good. Go back to your room. Tells the four-year-old, this is not going to turn out well if you don't let mommy pat her clavicle. You know what's interesting is that when I'm, when I, my kids were a little too young to figure that out. Um, But my, um, my clients, their kids will say, hey, mommy, I think you need to do that tapping thing. Isn't that? And, and, they, and mommy changes into a whole nother person because mommy's brain autumn starts working well. Can we do this with our kid? Like how old yes. is your four-year-old ready to grasp this? Yes, she already. I know I should tap mommy and she'll do her little <laughs> butterfly tapping. <laughs> she's dealing, you know, she's dealing with some nightmares. Yeah. And or they're scary. School. They're bullies at school or she wants, at school. she wants to wear red and it's blue day. You know, I mean, there are things that create that anxiety come up. for them. Yes. That's right. That's exact. And just learning how to be yourself is scary. And yet, you know, many of us didn't get to do that at that age. Oh, right. Yeah. We're learning how to do that now. And our nervous system's like, what are we doing? Right. You know, and go back to, you know, being like everybody else. And here we can help our nervous systems with that. And then we can also help our nervous system, our children's nervous system as they're going through this. Because the, there's so much of us that's totally fine with being exactly who we are. Yeah. It's this process. It's it's right. in the body. It's all the memories where it wasn't OK. And brains resolve that stuff and clear out the blocks. And next thing you know, you're being yourself. Which is so valuable because I think, too, I have a lot of childhood trauma. Uh, that's part of my story. I mean, I'm resilient. Yeah. I mean, an amazing, I really have an amazing story. 
But the downside of that is I didn't let my kids have normal everyday anxieties because I think, do you know what I went through? You know, you're worried about if it's blue day and red day or whatever, you know, it it was. I couldn't then relate on their level and I missed something because now I know anxiety is real and whatever is a bear to them is a bear to them. That's right. And and so it's there's on the one hand, you and I have plowed through and survived. For me, on the other hand, it it's now teaching me that there are real anxieties for kids of all ages and whatever it That's is right. for them, it's real. That's exactly right. And it's wonderful they're not struggling with the same thing we were struggling with, the kind of traumas yeah. we were. Yeah, that's true. You know, and yeah. really when we're doing this, it's really not about if the trauma, if the experience was worthy of being traumatic or not, it's could their brain process it. Yeah. You know, and it's really that simple. Lots of people will come to me and it's like, I shouldn't have this anxiety disorder. Okay, but you do. And as we get in there and look under, look at what's going on, there's plenty of things their system could not process. It's not a right or wrong thing. It's systems need help processing what's going on here on earth and in our family systems and at work. And we're designed like that. What what do anxieties mask themselves as though? Eating disorder, OCD? addiction? What what do you think? All of that. Um, Right. So anxiety is the brain trying to resolve issues, but it's Mm -hmm. like revving up the nervous system. And then it's and then once you go into a fight, flight, freeze or faint, your body needs to receive the message. Your survival system needs to receive the message that it's safe now. And we need to use a mind body intervention. And we already know this. Um, so we to give that message to the survival system, because if we use other methods, it does not it's not listening. And so all of a sudden, you throw a mind body intervention on there. And now you're going through your calming phases, your relaxation, your regulation. And what happens is, is that some of us find that we throw some alcohol on this, and the survival mm-hmm. system will instantly chill out. But yeah, it's a mind body intervention, it works, it also has all these side effects, cutting, um, Uh, sex addiction, emotional eating, food is a great way to communicate with your survival system. We're safe. Your survival, your survival system knows you don't eat food and be chased by lions at the same time. So for eating food, we must be safe. We will let this thing calm down. And so a lot of these things, we think that we're just weak We're no, every brain has to get to a regulated state and brains will do anything to do that including override you and make you do things that are that are harmful to you in the long term but really serve the function of regulation now and so that's really why we we want to hand people interventions that work directly with that part of the brain that aren't alcohol we want our we want our nervous systems to learn that there are really great ways to do this regulation thing without harming ourselves and when i find and i work with people that are that are experiencing emotional eating cutting um Uh, addictions, things like that. And those are what I hear is my nervous system. I can't, I can't get it to regulate. It's not coming out of this survival mode so I can relax and do the rest of my healing functions. And so that's, that's not something to criminalize. That's not something to shame somebody about. I don't feel that way. And so I'm like, let's help your brain. Let's get it the support that it wants. And all of a sudden it is. And the next thing you know, they're not using, they don't need the, the emotional eating, the alcohol, the cutting, and they move on. And then they learn how to work with their brain. It becomes one of their best friends and off they're going. And so it's really transformational. Well, so part of anxiety, then things like shame or, or 
from the past that triggers will that also put you that because it's a cortisol yes. I mean, I think of it because I'm a health coach and I'm dealing with women all the time, right. mainly women all the time. So it's that cortisol response and we want our cortisol to calm down at certain times. That's of the right. day. We do want it up in the morning, get us going. So do those things, those memories from our past also trigger not just anxiety for the future, but memories from our past, shame. That's what I was thinking, shame. Absolutely. absolutely. And the body is sending that stuff up all the time. But if you think about the positive emotions, zip through the process, right? The negative ones, shame, fear, worry, um, hatred, uh, self-hatred, uh, all these ones, these ones are really important information and energy, but they register in the brain as pain. And so they have a hard time making it past the survival system. And so the survival system, as these things are coming up, is kind of like I'm under attack here. Right. And so we're it's, you know, and, and the body's still sending up the shame and the old memories and the things like that that are registering as pain. And now you're in a survival state. Right. And that feels like anxiety that that those survival states is where we feel restless and anxious and our hearts racing. And because our are we're experiencing a form of pain that is not often acknowledged and that we don't have a great practice working with and we're like we shouldn't even be feeling this mm -hmm. i'm not in that situation your body doesn't know that your system yeah. hasn't figured out that out as a matter of fact as we get this stuff processed it's actually your body's way of figuring out that stuff isn't happening now that stuff isn't relevant to this and let's take that that pain and and resolve that and convert that into the next levels of wellness for our life and so that's how we really get these symptoms to stop while helping our system figure these things out that we don't need to be afraid anymore. Instead of telling it, you shouldn't be this, you shouldn't know. It hasn't figured that out yet. Let's respect that it has its own process for figuring that out and help it with that process. And then done. <laughs> Sometimes when people have that childhood trauma and triggers, um, it's made me seek out joyful things like I, I don't want the pain. I, I've suffered right. enough. I don't want the pain. So I jokingly say this all the time, personally, and on my podcast, I haven't turned the news on since March 10th, 2020. Like, I'm not kidding. I have not. Right. And, no, I mean, I'm real. a journalist, too. So I do keep up with what's going on, but I have my device so I can pick and choose. Same thing with the newspaper, because I felt that it was I felt so helpless during those early yes. days of COVID and then. I felt like certain people were getting blamed for COVID, COVID and I couldn't stand it. So was I being a weenie by avoiding the pain? Should I just tap my way out of that? Or is it okay sometimes to avoid some things that you go, you know what? Not the best path for me. That's right. I B the second okay. option. Okay. Um, the, we, we can experience system overload because our, whatever we experience, our That's brain has to process it. Right. And sometimes you're just like, I'm not doing all of that, nor can I, nor is it the right thing for my life. Right. And, and nor can I control and so, anything. I mean, that's right. And, yeah. and the way this stuff is delivered really comes after our nervous system. It really yes. spreads fear through our nervous yes. system. And it's like, we have to sort that, you know, I hope that one day we will start sharing news in a way that helps people use their thinking center. But because it's coming through fear centers, it's shifting us into survival state and really moving us around, which is knowledge, right? If whoever is controlling your nervous system has the remote control to your behavior, Wow, you know? And That's so good. it's like if the job there is, can you keep control of your nervous system while listening to the news? If you can keep going, 
But if you're noticing, hey, I'm not sleeping as well, I'm finding myself angry at my neighbors, I'm Mm -hmm. arguing, I'm Mm -hmm. fleeing, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning, then you're not, your system's struggling to process the information that's coming through it. And and that, I think, as a responsible adult is to acknowledge that and say, I can't do this. Like right now, as a responsible adult, I'm going to tell you right now, I cannot go run a marathon. Okay, I will probably die. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do that. I I need you to live. You've got Thank five you. kids at home. <laughs> Thank you. So I, so it, it's, it's just knowing that about ourselves and taking responsibility for that. But what happens is a lot of times as we do that, our culture is set up. No, you should just take it. No, you should be able to yes. do that more. And we're, we're not being validated in owning what we can actually handle and what we can't handle and what's the right timing for us. And we're being pushed into, well, if you can't now, then shame, 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 mm-hmm. disqualification, disqualification, mm-hmm. rejection, rejection, which mm-hmm. is another assault to our nervous system. So, and that will need to be processed as well. And some of us are like, look, I have two options here. I can douse myself with the news or douse myself with the rejection from my community. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm going to just take the news. Okay. In which case, understand, I would encourage you to tap, 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 help your system. Hey, friends, I am so excited to introduce you to a new sponsor of the Lisa Fisher Said podcast and a fairly new business in Central Arkansas. And Central Arkansas diners have been ready for Jess's Chicken. Yeah, Jess's Chicken there. And that was the old Kmart parking lot, remember? Shopping center. Now there's Premier Gastroenterology right there on Rodney Parham. And this is the business run by the Bubbises, the same people who bring you David's Burgers, the same people who've been in the restaurant business a long time. They know customer service. They know outstanding products. And they did it this time with Jess's Chicken. If it's chicken you want, they've got it. The savory or sweet chicken salad, the kids' chicken nuggets that you can get, the snack combo. I'm looking on their website right now. You can download the menu, see what I'm talking about. And those of us who are particular about what we eat, the chicken salads are gluten-free. Just had one. I had the savory, but I'm going back for the sweet. The nuggets and the breaded chicken sammies, all dairy-free and egg-free. Those are things you need to know if you're looking for what's perfect for your family to eat. You will love eating at Jess's Chicken. You'll love knowing you're helping a Central Arkansas family and the families who have their kids working there. And you know that it is five out of five stars from Lisa Fisher at Lisa Fisher Said. Find out more by going to their website, jesschicken.com. That's great. And it's the same, I guess, perspective with social media. There are so many people. I never thought when I got on Facebook back when the earth cooled in (laughs) 2000, I think I started in 2006 or seven on Facebook. I never thought I would unfollow somebody because that's when people just shared news of what they ate for lunch. Remember? Yeah. I had tuna fish sandwich for lunch and that was it. Nobody argued over whether the tuna was... um, loved and and massaged and (laughs) wild caught yes nobody discussed that they were like great sally had a tuna sandwich and we moved on and then it got so divisive with anything sally said about her tuna sandwich the tuna haters the tuna lovers the people all all that and then came this wonderful thing called unfollow (laughs) on, on social media and then girl i had to incorporate that in my life you know oh yes unfollow unfollow and there's freedom in that so I guess it it is, I mean, it is a darker time than what our grandparents went through because they didn't know it, 
they knew some people's opinion because they went to the coffee shop and they gossiped and smoked cigarettes and drank black coffee or Sanka in the mornings, right? Well, now what we're doing is that times a million. And now I'm not going to the coffee shop anymore because I don't like right. to smoke and I've never been a coffee drinker. Yeah, you know, that's how I feel about social media. Yeah. How do you tell people how to deal with social media? Because it can be, as we know, it can be very negative. You know, I, it doesn't come up that much for me, honestly. Really? Um, oh. No, especially because um, I don't give people advice because I just want to make sure their brain is processing yeah. the information and their brain will tell them, this is not good. I don't want to do this anymore. Or they'll come to me and they'll say, I'm using social media to hide, or I'm going to social media and I feel like I'm being beaten. And I'm yeah. being whipped and it's really harmful. I don't want to do it anymore. Great. They're hearing their body's feedback. They're hearing their feedback from their mind and they're taking the actions they want to take. That's great brain function. Right now, if I have a client who's sitting there and they, and they come back to me, which I have had this and, um, that, and they're going back, I know, and they're, they, they're hearing the pain and they're seeing the pain. I know that there's a, that their brain is using the pain for something um, important to it, which a lot of times is where we'll process. Like, um, I had one client who was, um, watching scary movies repeatedly and they're like, I know this is bad for me, but I can't stop. Yeah. Well, a lot, they were really needing to process the trauma and the fear that they had as a child. And the movie was helping them do that unconsciously. So every, so I would have them use the intervention with that with, while they're watching the horror movies we're using interventions, but we're also going back to the memory where they were a child and they were addicted to the fear. And why did that happen? Well, because of X, Y, and Z was happening in the home and they had terror and the, and the, the movies then were helping them process where they were trying to process the terror but it was not completing the process. It was just actually re-traumatizing them, just like it's doing in the present. So a lot of our use with social media is much, for brain function, it's much more complex than it is just unfollow somebody. It's, well, can you? Well, okay, why yeah. can't you? Yeah. Let's go find the reason. Um, we had this terrible um, kidnapping in Memphis, and we're about two hours or so from Memphis here in Little Rock. And um, the girl was on an early morning run. There were two, in fact, there were two, um, there was an abduction and a kidnapping because they're a little different in 24 hour period uh, in Memphis. Mm -hmm. And I was with my daughter and I just said to her, oh my gosh, I hear that and I worry so much. And she goes, mom, stop. And I said, what? And she goes, I didn't know this. She goes, you're getting a dopamine hit. Because I said, what would you do? What would we do if that were you? And you had the babies in the car because, you know, grandchildren. And she said, stop, you're getting a dopamine hit. I go, what? Because I know what a dopamine hit is. That That's the feel-good chills. It gives you a hit because you, you are overthinking it or over-empathizing. I don't know what the psychological term would be. But she said, you have to stop. I'm not in Memphis. The girls and I are not in a car being held at gunpoint. That's that's a one in a million. Th you know, it doesn't happen every day, all the time. And so I realized that it did not, I can't even explain it yes. didn't give me pleasure, but there was something about it that it, it let me like build all this anxiety. And then That's right. I really couldn't resolve it because I'm not a part of it. But so I'm not, so she wasn't making it up. She heard some therapist, she said, say this, but it's good for grandparents to hear these things. Cause some of the things I was tapping about earlier was about my children and my grandchildren. So kind of explain then what, why is my brain doing that? 
That's a good question. I don't know. We'd have to find out. But there is a reason, right? Yeah. And it thinks that that's the thing to do. Something was triggered. Something was activated. A lot of times in there, it's really good to take care of yourself in the moment to use an intervention right then because we want that worry and that fear stream or compulsion or a surge. We want your brain to process all that information. We don't just want to stuff it back down. Um, but really then it's like, we really need to take care of you in the moment. Right. And then we want to go find, where's this coming from? And the mind and body will tell you exactly where that's coming from. And so you, there's strategies for this. This is stuff that I teach people how to follow a symptom all the way back to a memory, how to get your brain to bring up past memories for you, those sorts of things. And what this, all this means and how to run all these, how to, how to look out for um, the clues that your brain is already sending you to create the healing. And so, um, so I would say we would want to figure out what that, that root is, but your brain thought that was appropriate there. It said, Oh, this is happening. Go. And we want to, why do you think that's appropriate? Mm-hmm. And the brain will say, well, let, let me show you why. And well, then that's the stuff you want to resolve. Okay. I asked the brain because my husband's even said, he goes, how does your brain go there from your kids are five minutes late and they're dead in the Arkansas River. Like, yep. and this is why I told him one time, I said, when you are raised in such unpredictability like I That's was, right. whether it was watching physical abuse, being sexually abused, um, a lot of yep. a lot of drug use, illicit drug use, obviously, in the 60s and 70s. Yes. I said, I always thought, well, if I were just prepared, I would have walked through that better. And so I do that to prepare myself, but for things that will never happen, you know, but I told it because we just had this conversation. I said, I think it's, it's my way of being prepared. If I ever get that phone call, your daughter has been abducted with her daughters, which again is a one in a million thing. But does that make any sense now that I have you here? <laughs> I've never really used it's, a guess like this. The problem here is that none of these are logical problems. You don't right. have a logical problem with this. It's right. not a problem right. with your prefrontal cortex. You do not lack understanding. There is a problem with your survival system. Yes. And but deeper than that, there's a part of your your system, whether it's your subconscious mind or your body, that is sending up fear right there and is sending mm-hmm. up messages of danger that your brain then is responding to, and then everybody's getting all in a huff. So the problem is emotional. It's, it's, it's somatic. It's, it's, it's emotions. And so we, we, we need to use the right strategies to process emotion. And a lot of times we're trying to, we're trying to use logical strategies, but this is not a logical problem. You logically know this is not likely, right? You have, you know, don't use your thinking center with this. We actually need to help the body and the subconscious mind resolve whatever this is. And they have a a different process for that. They have this, this process. Go ahead. So we can talk ourselves off the ledge and then say, now let's deal with the body's response. Yes. to the irrational thinking that and okay. what's creating that the cause of the react the irrational thinking and the irrational thinking is usually actually emotional thinking it's because yes. it feels like this it must be true that's a sign the brain is not near done with its healing process with its process of understanding and processing the information the body is sending it it's like that's the most raw form of it and and then but because if we can't get this stuff resolved and processed, all of a sudden we're just left with the emotional reasoning and it's there so long and it feels so true that we're finally like, okay, fine. I'm just going to go with it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but really that's, that's unprocessed stuff. You don't want to paint your life with that. You don't want to be responding and reacting to that stuff. You want to wait till it finishes the process where your brain, you know, takes all that emotion off, converts it into the positive stuff, and then also puts the, runs it through the logic and the reasoning and your values and your morals and your skills. That's when you want to use it. You don't want to use it while it's still in survival's area. And your animal part of the brain and your survival part of the brain, that part of the brain does not know how to help you you thrive. It only knows how to survive. That's its whole function. And if you if you start using the information that just has made it to that part of the brain, then your life looks like survival mode. It looks like you're just surviving where if we can get more of the information to the front of your brain, we've got thriving and your life will look like that as well. That is really impressive that. It, it just shows how capable the human body is. I always quote yes. the, God's word that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and in that, that things can be overcome. Now, do I understand that there's a need for therapy and medication? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. But it's amazing what the brain and body can do. Your website That's is right. great. And we're putting a link to that in the show notes that people um, can follow you. Because Rachel is spelled R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E. So Rachel McLeod, I think it's rachelmcleod.com, right? Yep. Is is the website. Yep. So Rachel on McLeod. it, you you have one, you have several bullet points, but one is the five-step process for working with the brain to resolve one sy- symptom after another. Then yep. have we covered any of that with this? That's it. Um, really, once you can do this once, and really you're just walking the brain through its own process. And once you can get that to complete once, then you can do it again. And you can do it again and again. And really, then you want to move your brain around. Well, like, hey, come over here and resolve this symptom that is bothering me. And you can guide it over there and you can do that and on and on and on until uh, a lot of times we don't even have to do all the work. We have to do enough work to kind of retrain the brain, get -hmm. that process nice and strong again, and then get it rolling. And we're doing the work and then it's doing a lot of the work. And you just start to see your life shift. Like my clients will say, um, I'm just in part one and I can see the ripple effects of healing throughout my life. And that's that's because their brain is there. That, that's, that thing is turning on. There's not a better helper to your life and a better creator to your life than your own brain. It's the only thing on earth designed to make your life awesome for you. And if it's not working well, it's life is not that fabulous. And we want that. Yeah. We want that partner up and running and really doing well and then we can really partner with it to get the work done we want we can i want this symptom gone i want this one i don't have to tolerate this anymore and no you don't because you can take your brain over there and say hey let's let's do this and it does let's talk about one of your videos that i really i hadn't watched yet it's the three reasons why your parents were emotionally unavailable and why you may be too what what do you have there that's juicy Yeah, you know, this is, I I can't remember exactly the three points, but I'll tell you how it just, how it works is that we get our parents' nervous system. It doesn't matter if they, what they tell us, it doesn't matter any of that stuff, what they expect from us, what they want from us, what we get their nervous system. And if they were emotionally unavailable, we were practicing that as well. We were being conditioned to also Mm -hmm. be emotionally unavailable. Mm -hmm. And so when we come here and we're like, why am I emotionally unavailable? Well, let's look down the line. And when this is the, when this is the cause, it's, it's conditioning and it's subconscious programming. And so we can really help the brain clear that stuff out and get rid of the old programming and really wire in the programming that's authentic and helpful to you and not keep you limited to what your parents gave you 
because that's really frustrating because we are always outgrowing our subconscious programming. And so, but if our system isn't updating because it can't complete this process, then we're stuck with outdated, no longer useful to us subconscious programming. And so, and that's a really frustrating place to be. So then that would continue on with parents who, moms who are narcissistic, dads who are addicts. Yes. Because there's a lot of emotional, with addiction, there's a lot of emotional unavail- unavailability because totally. they were physically, right. I mean, they were physically That's and right. emotionally unavailable. Yeah. But then with any type of mental illness, there are things that. That's right. Kids. And what happens there is that we have mirroring neurons in our, in our brain, right? In the prefrontal mm-hmm. cortex in there. And, um, and so when we are watching people, that part of our brain is firing off just like they are when they're doing their activity. So our brain is practicing the same activity we're watching them practice. And as children, that's why we're learning so many things. It's like if mom's depressed and we're watching her, we're going to, we're, we're practicing depression. You know, if mom's screaming and yelling, our brain is practicing screaming. So we're already doing this stuff. And even though logically we understand and we get to adults, we're like, I'm never going to be like her. We can't can't just take it out of our thinking center. We can't, we have to get it out of our nervous system. We have to get it out of our body. And our our system has a process for doing that. And if it's doing that, great. You are going to see yourself an upgraded version and more of who you are and your skills. And if it's not doing that, you're going to be very limited by what you're what you saw as a child and how you were conditioned and programmed. And what's interesting is a lot of times we will not know we have this conditioning until we get into intimate relationships, Mm -hmm. because then we start running the intimate relationship programs that we were conditioned for. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, I thought I was a smart, intelligent woman. Why am I doing all this nonsense? Why am I behaving like this? Why am I afraid? Why is there all this anxiety? Why, why, why? And it's like, well, now, even though you are and you have new skills, your nervous system has still been conditioned and that needs to resolve so that you can, that your, your brain will really create, wrap your, bring your nervous system in alignment with your goals and your, that's its job and your values and your skills. And then all of a sudden you're doing the things that you have been practicing. You're doing the things that you believe in your values and your morals instead of how you were conditioned. And that's really where we start feeling more confident in ourselves, more self-trust. We relax more. Um, gosh, we don't feel like we have to like hold on so tight to make sure we don't do that thing mom used to do. And mm-hmm. we can just trust our system to, to do the good now. And we watch it do that. And that's really how we learn that it's doing. That's that anyway, we're on a new thing. There's also something, though, with familiarity with kids, because years ago, my family and I worked with um, a group in central Arkansas where um, there was a lot of poverty and we did like after school programs and stuff like that. And the kids would come home and stay with us for like the night or whatever. And even though we knew some of them came from abusive homes, they still wanted to go back to their home. Yes. And there was something because I was thinking. I felt like we were providing a safe haven that they would want to stay with us. No, that little girl every time would want to go back to that grandmother who we thought there were allegations that there was abuse. Now, I don't and I don't remember our our Department of Human Services gets involved in those things. But I remember then thinking, why can't her? I was wondering why her brain wouldn't let her feel safe with us, but would rather go back to that. What is that about our brain? A couple of things. Conditioning, familiarity, comfort zone. This is bad, but I know I'm going to live. For the most okay. part, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's our, that's that's the biggest thought process our survival system has. Will we live or will we die? Okay, I don't know 
over here with these nice people, but I yeah. know with grandma, mm-hmm. I, I, it's not going to be, I, I know I'm going to be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And so your survival system is going to go towards that. It, it just mm-hmm. knows that. But the other piece is that we are animals. I mean, we're talking about bonding. We're talking about mm-hmm. a whole chemical structure of all the, the attachment and, um, just the bonding there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, adults really struggle with this too. You know, this is what some of our fear of success is about. Our parents may have already passed away. We're still struggling with fear of success, right? It's about not wanting to leave. It's not, not being able to leave. It's part of this conditioning piece and this the subconscious programming. And so um, when I'm working with people with this, we're really working on the body, the somatics. Um, we're working on the animal parts of us that want to stay, that are programmed to stay, our pack animals. You know, that's where we run into those invisible walls and invisible ceilings that we can't get through. And that information is so deeply unconscious and so much in our body that it's just, I don't even, we're not even going to do the logical thing right now. I don't even want to process this in words. Um, Let's help the rest of your body really decide if it still wants to do this or not. You know. you know who I see that with the most as a health coach are people who battle obesity. And I say battle because I do feel like for them, it is something every day. It is, it is a, that's all I can say is a battle for them. But so, I think it goes back to familiarity with them. There's something, and it may be, you're talking about emotional food triggers and things like that. So it may be that comfort, but it's, I I'm trying to help people get the mindset that they can eat in a certain eating window every day and healthy, nutritious foods that you love, that love you back. So how can I help communicate that to somebody? How can I, without shaking them like this, go and listen to me? Because I'm not trying to change anybody, but I do know people come to me because they want help. But sometimes they'll just say, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. I think this, I think if, as you can see this and you can, understand this from their survival system's perspective, their survival system doesn't know if they'll survive if they're thin, you know, their survival system doesn't know if they'll survive if they're fit, right? We've got so many other things going on in here. Like many, many men and women that are dealing with obesity have been sexually abused, come from domestic violent homes, um, sometimes using the weight to hide, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes using the, as a survival strategy, right? Sometimes using Mm -hmm. the weight to, um, regulate. So there's some really powerful things that have to be taken care of in order for them to, for the doors to be able to be open, to walk through these things. And then we've got the different, the traumas of being ostracized. We've got, um, the daily battles of the aggressions and the microaggressions. I mean, it's just a lot of stress processing and a lot of overhauling the, the, um, the subconscious programming that has to take place. And what's really great is that all the work that needs to be done is the electrical parts of us. So it doesn't have to take a long time, but it really does need to be done. So they could, get free the very EFT. they could use the EFT. They could use the EFT then. And so there Absolutely. is a cortisol response then for them running to the chocolate chip cookies or overeating or overindulging. There's Absolutely. something to that that they could start with the tapping. Absolutely. As a matter wow. of fact, that's what I would recommend because in that moment, they're running the go get the food program. Well, what is that made of? Well, it's probably made of terror. It's probably made of shame. It's probably made of desperation. A lot of people have a suffocating feeling when they don't do their compulsion. Like if you were to ask them not to go get the food, their nervous system literally thinks it's going to die. And so, and they'll reach for the food because now they're that they can breathe again, literally, 
literally. And so there's so much going on in here that is much bigger than have some willpower. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I I think what's important is that you do your piece of this stuff, the Mm -hmm. helping people understand the, the pathway, the, the cognitive pieces of this, the planning, um, the thinking through all these things. And then just like me, I don't do that stuff. I do. (laughs) I can't, that is not my skill set. but is your brain working well? Can we Mm -hmm. process this trauma? Can we help your brain understand you're actually okay and safe right now in this moment? And, and so that you don't have to reach for the food or that, you know, whatever's in there, we can resolve that. Yes, that's my piece of things. But I think as if we're, we're getting closer to having a more holistic approach to things, even though many of us specialize in very specific things. Oh, I'm seeing that all the time. That's kind of the umbrella of the type of medicine that I subscribe to. And that's the functional medicine approach of why we're sick. Yes. The, and what, you're, what you deal with, we say, are the downstream results of upstream problems. So, and it is, uh, it's, that's, it, right. that's why my fact certification says integrative nutrition, meaning we're integrating all the things. Yes. And definitely yes. what the brain says Definitely, definitely what your food tells you, definitely what your outside tells you, definitely what your spouse tells you. I mean, it all comes together. And I, yeah, I, I'm sorry yeah. that some, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that people aren't seeing that yet because that's where I do want to shake them and go, listen, there is hope for you. That's what yes. I want to tell everybody. That's there is right. hope for you. We can deal with these things. Okay. So then that would go, Rachel, with addiction is another thing that we see a lot of. And it could also be there's some trigger. See, when you said that about the person reaching for the food and them really feeling like they have to or they won't be able to breathe. Yeah. That makes me understand. That's kind of that upstream is telling there. And the downstream effect is the obesity or the cardiovascular disease or type 2 diabetes. That's right. That's that's way down the line. We want to know why. So the why. That's right are those That's triggers. Right. And when we deal with those, those, those root issues, it makes this whole thing so much easier. It's, yes. it's, you know, it, it's, it's very similar. Like when I learned how to clean a house, like I did not know. And with three children, you got to figure that stuff out. Yeah. Otherwise somebody's going to hurt themselves. Um, I was trying to do the cleaning. Right. And, and I, as I figured this stuff and I'm tapping with it and I'm trying to understand this and just do the work, I realize this, these tasks are not hard. How I feel about these tasks are hard. The flashbacks I'm having around these tasks are incapacitating. Wow. I cannot with this. And it was just, I, so I just decided I would just going to not, my goal is not get the work done. My goal is go there, trigger all this stuff and tap through as much as I could so I could process what's coming up. And the next thing I knew it was easy to do the thing. It was easy to wipe the counter down. It was easy to complete the laundry or put it away where before it was just, I wanted to go to sleep. My nervous system was so overwhelmed because of the amount of flashbacks, the amount of emotional distress, failure. I mean, all these things that was running through and it it took me going slow and listening and feeling into this and like questioning, why can't I do this simple thing that people across America are doing all the time? All right. Right. And it was I'm hearing my mother's voice and her relationship with the laundry. I'm hearing my grandma's voice. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling the hopelessness and the uselessness through my running through my body. And it was just like my system could not, no matter how smart I am, cannot fight that. And I really I had one client who was severely obese and um, she came in and I like 
forbade her. I was like, I don't get to do this, but if I can, I want to forbid you to and any exercise routines or any diets, like please do not do them. Especially as I w- we were working together, I saw this was really setting her backwards. And, and I'm like, we can't solve that problem right now. So let's just turn those functions off and let's work where we need to. And um, she had massive trauma and massive grief and pain around how her father did not show up for her in her life, but would show up for her brother and would reject her. And this is what we worked on for the first four months. And as she started healing, she just started healing. And this is, we were focused, focused, focused. Six months later, she had lost 60 pounds. A year later, she had lost 120 without, and I was checking. I was like, you're not exercising, right? Don't do that stuff. We'll do, we're going to, we're going to, cause we need, those are whole subconscious programs, right? When you start the exercising program, you start all the other ones. I don't know what's in there. Uh-huh. It didn't work last time. Uh-huh. When we get there, we're going to pull those up and we're going to get your brain reprocessing them. So they're, they're, they're updated and they're not self-harming any longer, you know? And so, but it was like, she had already, like it was such a massive win for her, but it was like, some of that weight was just trauma. It was like emotional bleeding happening. And it's like, as we got the, we healed those wounds and that bleeding wasn't taking place, her body was like, okay, I'm just going to let this stuff go. I don't need it anymore. Or I'm not, what happens when we're in survival are constantly surviving these emotional wounds. We don't have time for the healing functions. We don't have time for deep, restful sleep. We don't have the space for the things that are required to digest and rest and recover and heal. And so when we heal the emotional wounds, all of a sudden, all the other functions turn on because the body doesn't really know the difference between a physical wound and emotional wound, you know, and we have all these, we, you know, if we have all these, if you break your leg, you go do this. But if you break an emotional bone, what do you do? Keep going, walk it off and put that crutch down, you know, Mm -hmm. but if somebody has any, a broken leg, they get all the crutches they need Mm -hmm. and you get in trouble for not using your crutch. Oh, that's good. You know, and so over here, it's like, no, use your crutch Mm -hmm. and let's try to make that crutch as healthy as possible. Can we swap some crutches out, you know, and find crutches that actually work and let's heal, 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 get you strong enough so that you put those crutches down. You don't need them anymore and you know you don't need them anymore. Okay, everybody listening in your cars, keep your hand, one hand on the wheels, but everybody... We're going to start tapping. We're going to tap our way to 2023 because here we are in the fourth quarter of 2022 and we're going to tap our way. We're going to get through the holidays. We're going to get yes. through. That's a big time. Think about it's a all big the time. anxiety and stuff that's triggered. That's right. And even and, things, and, yes. COVID has divided families emotionally totally. so much. And we all dread seeing that person that's going to talk about this at yep. Thanksgiving or Christmas. And we're going to tap our ways through. Or we're going to, or, or just watching other families be healthy and happy and you're yes. not, and they're in their yes. pajamas and yes. your family's not, you yes. know, there's, it's, it's can be a really painful time for people. For a lot of people, a lot of people. Rachel, you're great. Y'all go to her website. Information is in the show notes and everybody get tapping. Come on. Let me start right here. I'm going to go all the way around. <laughs> I love it. That's right. And you know what? You can get the right points. You don't have to get all the right points. And, you know, people will find their favorite ones. And in a gyp, they'll just be tapping on those points. It's really so forgiving and so easy to learn. It's my favorite intervention to pass to people because it's it's the, the simplest way to do some really, really powerful brain work. So it's what works for you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Perfect. 
Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.